Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on select Fridays in May, each film touches upon artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, kicking off with Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro on May 10th at NortonSimon.org. You have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from Alleist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes, too, when you donate now at laist.com slash sweeps. LAist Studios. It's hard to capture in words. It's just a feeling of joy and abundance. It kind of makes you feel like everything's going to be okay. And I think that's what people are connecting to. You see how resilient the earth is and you see how resilient these plants are and how abundant they are and how vibrant they are and how colorful they are. It's just one of those like really special things to get to experience. And you'll have blues and yellows and orange. They kind of like swirl together in the hills and it always reminds me of like swirling watercolors of, of just dense patches of flowers. It's like a Van Gogh or something. Absolutely. Sorry night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry night. <laughs> yep. Hey, y'all. It's springtime. I'm saying that with such enthusiasm because us Angelinos, we earn this shit, right? You know, people just like beautiful things, and this is one of the most beautiful things anywhere. This is How to LA. Coming to you from Sun Valley, California today, I'm Brian De Los Santos. The amount of rain we had this winter was historic. But I think it's safe to say that all that suffering through gray and wet days kind of paid off. Because the wildflowers this year around LA, they're popping. <laughs> Anywhere you go, you're going to find flowers right now. It's looking like it's going to be one of the best wildflower years ever. My name is Evan Meyer. I'm the executive director at Theodore Payne Foundation. We're in Sun Valley at Theodore Payne Foundation. We're a native plant nonprofit that started in 1960s. We have a nursery, we do classes and outreach and advocacy. And our goal is just to get people in Southern California to connect with plants and nature and to bring that into the urban environment to create habitats and ecology within the cities in Southern California. Why, is, why are people interested in flowers this year? Well, we've had tons of rain, so when you get a lot of rain and it's consistent throughout the whole year, you're pretty much guaranteed in Southern California to see tons of flowers that year. The wildflower season this year is going to go super late, but typically it would be like February to maybe end of May. This year it's going to be good all the way through the, the whole summer with the amount of rain we've had. So you can see those long tubular flowers, and they've got that like maroon color that kind of tells you that they're pollinated by hummingbirds because hummingbirds are attracted to a certain type of flower and a certain color. So it's, a, it's food for hummingbirds, but the cool thing about this plant is that it smells absolutely incredible. So if you kind of like crush it up a little bit, smell it. It smells fresh. Oh, I could have like, I could take a shower with this. Can you explain to me what a super bloom actually is? There's really no definition of super bloom. So super bloom is to some extent in the eye of the beholder, but 
generally what people are referring to when they use that term is mass wildflower blooms, typically annual species. And on a really abundant rain year, you can have areas where there will just literally be like a carpet of wildflowers. You look around and all you see is wildflowers as far as the eye can see. And there already are some places like that this year and there probably will be more as the season goes on. When you drive around California and you see hills that just look kind of dry and like there's not much going on there, in many cases they're completely full of wildflowers. They're just sitting there as seats and they're waiting for that right, perfect conditions. And because of our specific climate that we have, it's really dramatic. We'll just have this super dense blast of color and it, and it lasts a short enough time that it's like really striking. So we both know that California is a special place. It's very diverse among its population, its flora, its cultures, its plants. So specifically about wildflowers, do we just have a better, you know, are we just better versus the East Coast or other states in the other side of the country or, or what's up? California has a really Mediterranean climate and there's only four other places in the world that share that climate. Western South Africa, Southwestern Australia, the Mediterranean basin of Southern Europe and, and Northern Africa, and then the west coast of Chile. That's the mild, wet winters, hot, dry summers. California is the most diverse state from a botanical perspective in the United States. It's also a very populated place, and th there's a tension there because we've destroyed a lot of habitats to move all these people in. Being that it's so unique and so rare, what's left of habitat in California, and particularly these wildflower habitats, we really need to commit to preserving them, to treating them well. It's, it's kind of sad to see like some of the best wildflower bloom areas in the state. You'll drive by and you'll see hills of poppies, and then right in the middle of the hill will be a giant footprint of a new housing development that's about to go in. So these sadly are still being lost day in and day out. This is chia, and if you've ever had like chia pudding, it comes from a different species of this, of this same plant. So this is called salvia columbare. This is an incredibly important food plant. It used to be super common and ubiquitous across Southern California because it was actually cultivated by indigenous people to exist here and they would carefully burn habitats to promote its growth. You see these little purple flowers once they get pollinated, the seeds will fill into, into this right here. And then once they dry, you can take them and, and sh actually shake them and the little seeds will fall out. And if you ever had chia pudding, you know how it kind of turns into that like thick gelatinous kind of um, pudding? That's, that's basically the same thing that will happen with this California chia. So a lot of the wildflowers actually have a lot of use to humans. You know, there's some flowers that people shouldn't deal with and some flowers that are non-native and sort of invasive. Can you tell us pros and cons and, and what is that about? Some flowers are what we call native, and that means that they occurred here in North America prior to colonization. So you could have gone back a thousand years or 10,000 years and seen these flowers. And then there's the non-native flowers, and those are ones that came after colonization, and so they've only been here for a couple hundred years. In a lot of cases, they have actually displaced the native flowers. Particularly like close into the city, you might see these hills that are all yellow with bloom and none of that is native, they're, they're mustard field. It's actually really bad because they've completely changed the ecology after the colonial era. So, you know, not all wildflowers are created equal. 
we really think that the native ones are much more valuable because they support the native wildlife, the insects, the birds, and all the other kind of web of life that exists because of those plants. If you go back to pre-European contact California, the wildflowers were way more abundant. The landscape was being very actively managed by the indigenous people here to produce flowers because those flowers ultimately become seeds and those seeds are edible. So you can imagine LA prior to any roads, any buildings, you would have seen a region with, in a spring like this, in a wet spring, millions and millions and billions probably of flowers that were actively being cultivated. So the relationship between wildflowers and people is a deep one. And this is California sagebrush. Ooh, I love sage. That one's called Artemisia californica. Is, is the dominant plant in the coastal sage scrub habitat. That's the type of habitat that would have been all over LA prior to it you know, turning into a city. We should probably stop at the sunflower, just because they're like, oh, there's a grasshopper. Each one of these little guys is its own individual flower. To me, everybody gets excited about these huge mass blooms of flowers. You can just look at one flower and be equally kind of like drawn in. You have to stay on a trail if you're going to go check out these wildflowers. And the reason is, if you step on them, you'll kill them. They, they're pretty fragile. They can be killed easily. And they're annuals. So what that means is they only have a one-year life cycle. If a lot of people go and walk on the flowers, the flowers will die, and then they'll eventually just get replaced by grass. So an area that might be, this year, you know, carpet of poppies, for instance, California poppies. If enough people step on it, you'll come back during the next wet winter, and it'll just be a a field of grass. So it's, they are fragile, they have to be respected, treated well, but it's pretty easy to do so. And, and really the, the main thing you have to do is just stay on the trail and, and make sure you don't step on the flowers and follow the rules in the places that you go to visit. As tempting as it is to go get that Instagram selfie, we really encourage you just not to do that because it's much more destructive than you realize. I feel like, you know, in the past recent years, uh, wildflowers have been a thing and been more popular than ever. Why do you think that is? I think it's a little bit that we all have cameras in our pockets now with, with smartphones. But I also think that the world that we live in is not always connected to the natural world. We're on social media, we're driving in our cars, we're going to an office. Getting out in nature is becoming more popular just because it's a good way to reconnect to the earth. And when you add on top of that, this just overwhelming abundance of plants, literally like kaleidoscope colors off in the hills. It's just like the best version of nature you can get in California. It also has always been pretty popular. Like you can go back and find wildflower guides from hundreds of years ago. Indigenous people, pre-European, they were cultivating these flower fields. That was a huge source of their food. So the human connection with flowers and with plants goes back to the earliest days of humanity. yellow flowers that we see everywhere. Those are sun cups, or camisonias. A lot of different species of these sun cups. These ones are just like in their prime right now. So vibrant. See how they're kind of open on the ground? They're producing pollen, and then that pollen is getting moved around by bees and other insects. Basically, the reason that flowers exist is to attract insects to spread their pollen. Another reason why being really respectful of these wildflower areas is so important because if you step on these and crunch that flower, 
they won't be able to get pollinated, they won't be able to produce seeds. Over time, if that happens a lot, those wildflower fields will just sort of go away and you'll end up with these grasses here. All these grasses are non-native grasses. They were brought in during the colonial era. And one of the big problems in the environment right now is these grasses outcompeting the native plants to the point where the native plants can't win. Sadly, many of the flower habitats have gone away in the last several hundred years, but we can bring them back and people are starting to do that. You know, native plant gardens across the city are using wildflowers. Certain places in urban Los Angeles where like there's dense wildflower patches to be found. The cool thing about that is it's sort of like reconnecting with what was here 500 years ago when people were cultivating the plants and making sure that the flowers flourished. Why plants? That's the hardest question you've asked me. <laughs> I've always just have been connected with plants. When I was in college, I had a professor who worked in Northern California, just about an hour north of San Francisco. So I got to spend a summer with him learning the scientific names of all the plants. And it really just like opened this whole world to me. All of a sudden it was like the world was way richer and more interesting. Our planet is shared with these things, and they're part of this ecosystem that we're actually part of. Humans are animals, and we evolved on the Earth with all these other organisms, and we're sharing this moment in time with these beings, these living you know, creatures. I, I mean, plants are alive. So I think it makes sense that people are getting so deep into it. That, to me, is like a really hopeful sign for the future. I can't imagine not thinking about plants all the time, so it's hard, it's hard to answer that question, honestly. <laughs> so if people hear this and want to go check out some wildflowers, where should they go? So if you want to go looking for wildflowers this weekend, there are many options. If you really want to go for it and just see those really incredibly inspiring hillsides full of color, the Carrizo Plain is doing really well right now. and. It's a long drive, but it's worth it because it's so beautiful. If you want to stay closer to home, pretty much any trail right around the city should have some good flowers. The Santa Monica Mountains, like the Backbone Trail would be a great destination. In the San Gabriel Mountains, any of the foothills, the trails around Pasadena and Altadena should be great. Angeles Crest Highway. Part of the fun is going out and exploring. Anywhere you go, you're going to find flowers right now. So happy wildflower hunting. So Carrizo Plain is near Santa Margarita, which is in San Luis Obispo County. It's far, but it's massive and should be gorgeous right now. But you heard Evan tread carefully. Please don't be stupid and step on these plants to try to get a good pick on Insta. Stay on the trails. We want these places to keep blooming. We'll have a list of some other spots to check out in our newsletter. You can read that at elias.com slash howtoLA. We'll also have some tips so you can continue growing these native plants that are so special to California. You don't need a big garden. Okay, it's the weekend, folks, and so we're out of here. I hope y'all get a break, too. See you next week. This episode was produced by Megan Botel. Our other producers are Evan Jacoby and Victoria Alejandro. Erica Washington writes our newsletter. Chris Farias is our social media producer. Hasmik Pagosian is our engineer. Megan Larson is our executive producer. 
Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.